Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. And the magical world of Disney has entered the room before the room where you get to the ride. It's the first round of the NBA playoffs. Uh, my name is Philip Rossmanreich. I am the host of Locked On Magic, if you don't already know that. And I'm joined today by Kane Pittman, the, one of the hosts of Locked On Bucks. He has graciously given me home court advantage for this because as the eighth seed, you don't get that very often. And even though the games are at Disney, it doesn't really feel like a home court for the Magic. But Kane, let's start with... How are you doing tonight? Today? <laughs> I'm doing well. Yeah, today. Saturday afternoon for me, Friday night for you. But uh, <laughs> this is something I'm very used to now that I've, I've moved back to Australia. But yeah, you're right. I Yeah, I didn't actually think of that. I shouldn't have let you go first, actually. You guys have already taken the home court <laughs> advantage after the Bucks fought for the number one seed all year. So that, that's just start with the, the unequal nature of, of that fact with this series. We will, we will take every advantage that we can. Um, just, just remember the gift shop at the end is where the good stuff is and you will exit through the gift shop. That's, that's just the rules around here. So I thought it was interesting. I, I thought we should start with some comments that came out of the, the magic camp and it, it's funny and I love it by the way. This reminds me of Brandon Jennings before the Miami series going back along while now and he said uh the bucks in six bucks are going to win in six and ultimately they got swept but the bucks in six uh i guess slogan has become very popular with it, bucks fans it feels like it feels like a lifestyle it is i mean it's, it's like brandon jennings said last year or the year before when he came back he said it's for the culture it's for the culture bucks in six of course they've never actually won a series in six which is the only problem with this but james ennis said and there were and, and I you actually pointed out to me that DJ Augustine uh said some similar things as well. I mean you gotta come into a series and believe you can win it or at least say that you can win it. Uh James Ennis said if we're hitting our threes, it's going to be scary. It's going to be scary for Milwaukee. Uh do we believe this? Are we believing this out of magic camp? Um you know coming from a guy who's shooting less than thirty percent on three <laughs> since joining the magic, uh you know it, it, this that the three pointer is the great equalizer in, in in basketball, not just the NBA. And yeah, I mean, it's sure if, if you're hitting your threes and and you find a way. And yes, you know, we'll you know we can dive into this. Milwaukee gives up three pointers, or they give up three point attempts. They don't give up three point makes, but they give up their fair share of three pointers. So you know, there there is opportunity there um, if you're hitting shots. And and you know, I actually did a little bit of a dive into three point shooting for the Magic and and, and their three point defense, especially. And there's always a little bit of randomness in three-point shooting. Uh, and and so, you know, sure, if, if the Magic are making their three-pointers and, you know, they have some okay shooters. You know, Evan Fournay's had a very good year from beyond the arc. Terrence Ross is a flamethrower who, you know, can get hot very, very quickly. And, and when the Magic do beat teams like the Bucks, it's because Terrence Ross um, goes unconscious for about four or five minutes in a game. Um, you know, Aaron Gordon is has struggled this year from beyond the arc, but he can, he can hit them. Uh, Nikola Vucevic is a good three-point shooter for a center. You know, sure, if the Magic are hitting their threes and, and they they are certainly capable of winning a game, 
Are you going to do it four times though? Is that going to get the job done? Um, uh, I, I'm glad James Ennis has the confidence to say that. Yeah, it's interesting because I, the thing I've always thought about Orlando, every time the Bucks have played the Magic and they've beaten them four times from four meetings this season, uh, there was one blowout, so this changes things a little bit, but the average winning margin was 22 points. And the reason why for mine has always been that, yeah, we know the Bucks are going to get their points. They're, they're going to put up uh, 110, 115, but the issues on the other end has been that the Magic can't score and they're actually the way they're built it's kind of perfect for what the Bucks are trying to do. They're trying to stop you from scoring at the rim and they're going to force you to shoot a bunch of threes. The Magic don't do that. I mean, they only get up 32 threes per game on the season, which ranks them 19th. And you sort of pointed to the guys that will shoot threes, but we've seen a trend against the Bucks really since Mike Budenholzer came. They'll just turn guys into jump shooters. And a guy like Aaron Gordon, for instance, that you mentioned, he's only averaged 8.3 points against the Bucks this season on 11 shots. Uh... He's had 5.3 three-point attempts in those games, which is up from 3.8 on the season. And the same can be said for uh, Vucevic and also Fournier, who obviously is, is a great shooter. But uh, this is what the Bucks do. They're going to turn these guys into three-point shooters, and they're just going to be happy for them to keep firing them away. Now, you can get hot, and we've seen that at times against the Bucks, and that's the danger with playing that game. Yeah, yeah. And and to me, that's going to be like one of the big parts of the series. Um, you know, I, you know, I well, we'll get to our picks, I'm sure, later on, but I, I am under no impression that that the Magic have any advantage and any chance that they have of winning a game is going to be dependent on whether they are able to make three-point shots because, like you said, that is the shot the Bucks give you. Um, you know, Milwaukee's defense has always been, you know, top defense in the league, obviously, always been very impressive. They're very disciplined, especially with their drop coverage. They're inviting you to take inefficient mid-range jumpers or or kind of standstill three-point shots. I mean, I think something Steve Clifford said, you know, because we've had a week now, almost a week now to prepare for the series since since it was clinched uh, last Sunday. Um, something Steve Clifford said in initially analyzing the Bucs is they're very difficult to move. Um, you've got to find a way to get into the paint against them so you can get kick-out threes and not just kind of ball reversal standstill threes. If you're kind of doing those step-in standstill threes, that's the shot the Bucs want you taking. And generally, that's the shot that they give up and they're okay giving up because those are lower percentage shots. If you're forced, because because they can get out and contest a little bit, but if you're not getting into the paint, and this is something that the Magic really kind of struggle with sometimes because they don't have a lot of great playmakers. If you're not able to get into the paint against this team, and and the Bucks are very good at preventing you from getting into the paint, you are going to struggle offensively. And like you like you mentioned in those four games, um, you know I actually went back and kind of re- reread what I wrote about the, those games at, at the time. Uh, the thing that always stood out to me was every single time the Magic's inability to make shots fed that Milwaukee fast break. The Magic were kind of settling and getting frustrated with the shots that they were getting, maybe the shots that they were missing if they were decent looks. And Milwaukee just runs it right back at runs it right back at you, and that helped Milwaukee stake a lead in every single one of those games. Um, you mentioned that like that first game in November was a blowout, was a thirty-two point blowout, was not particularly close. Every other game, I felt like looked closer than the final score actually was because Milwaukee was up 18, 17 points fairly early on. Orlando just could not get their rhythm or, or find their way to attack from this from the get-go. No doubt. And it's interesting because Orlando, actually, when you look at the numbers across the season, they're pretty good at defending the fast break. So this is this is kind of the challenge when you're playing the Bucs. If you're not making shots and you're shooting jump shots and you're giving up those long rebounds, you're going to be in for a bad time if Giannis is the one collecting those rebounds. And we've seen that 
in those games. And the Bucks actually have fired away from three against the Magic, but they've only been at 35%. So it's not necessarily like the Bucks have shot the lights out, but I think, as you said, they've been able to get into their rhythm. So how are they going to score? Tell me how the Magic are going to score, because I mentioned that they're 19th for three-point attempts per game, but they're also 25th for points in the paint. You mentioned the fact that they don't score in there a lot, and then they're 20th for fast-break points on their own. So that tells you that this is going to be a half-court game. I, where are the points going to come from? I mean, I think a big key to this series, and it's probably going to be unfair to put it all on him, but I really think Markel Fultz, mm-hmm. we're going to have, we're going to really see if, if this guy is number one pick Markel Fultz, or if that number one pick Markel Fultz is in there. Um, he's actually become a very reliable mid-range shooter. Um, he's shooting, I think, at least before the hiatus, he's shooting in the high 40s, low 50s in mid-range jumpers. And, you know, that's verging on the territory of, you know, DeMar DeRozan type guys who can, you, you're, you're okay with them shooting mid-range jumpers because they shoot it as efficiently as if they were shooting threes at, you know, a, a kind of replacement level clip. Um, the Bucks give up mid-range shots. They're obviously dropping. They're obviously pre- trying to prevent paint points. Markel Fultz is really the one guy who can create a little bit off the dribble. So if the Magic are going to run pick and rolls and try to attack, you know, maybe Brooke Lopez or Robin Lopez dropping into the paint, it's going to be Markel Fultz kind of taking that space, either shooting that short mid-range jumper, getting in, using the dribble to create some space and some rhythm there, or doing what he's really good at, getting to the to the basket. Um, the one thing that Markel Fultz does really well that really helped the Magic turn their offense around because from the time of the from from the All Star break until the league went on hiatus, a, a span of ten games, the Magic had the top offense in the league, and a big part of that was. They let Markel Fultz run things a little bit more. He ran them at a much faster pace, so the defense couldn't get quite as set. Uh, and the Magic were able to kind of work inside out and move the ball around a little bit. So again, this is essentially Markel Fultz's rookie year. Yes, he played in the playoffs his, his actual rookie year with the Sixers, but not meaningful minutes. He's going to have a huge responsibility going up against a very good defender in Eric Bledsoe um, you know, as well. But he's going to have a, a huge responsibility here to kind of get this Magic team going offensively because... You know, like I like I said, like you said, the fast break points are a huge deal. I have actually looked up the numbers. The Magic give up around twelve point fast break points per game this year. It's like fourth best in the league. In the four games against the Bucks, they gave up nineteen per game. So huge difference there. That that's going to be a huge factor, and Fultz is going to have a lot of control over that. Yeah, that's interesting. That checks out with what I remember from those games. Eric Bledsoe, as you mentioned will have that job. He's come back from the positive coronavirus test and to be honest, hasn't looked great. He's had little flashes, but the fact that he's coming from such a far way back with his preparation is going to be interesting to see with him moving forward. Before we look at anything on the, on the Buck side of things, I do want to ask you about Jonathan Isaac and obviously Mo Bamba as well. Isaac actually was a pretty damn good player against the Bucks this season. He was one of the more damaging players. We know what he can do defensively. I think in one of those games, this is completely off the top of my head. I think he might have had five blocks early in the maybe the second quarter in one of those games. So I think I think I mean I think that game where the Bucks won by thirty. If I'm not mistaken, Giannis had like six turnovers, and and, and yeah. you know Isaac. And, and and this is actually a question I'll ask you later about about how what the Magic do against Giannis because Giannis puts up some gaudy numbers, but I think he also averages like four or five turnovers per game against the Magic this year. You know, Isaac Isaac is a defensive force. Um, you know, I, I like to tell people, you know, the Magic only have one guy who is elite at something, and that is Jonathan Isaac. He's an elite defensive playmaker, and, and when you get into the playoffs, when everyone knows what you're doing, both offense and defense having a guy who can just create a play and beat beat you even when you know what's coming that's that's what wins in the playoffs that's that's the difference between 
you know, a nice regular season team, which the Magic are kind of, I would put them in the category of a nice regular season team that's able to make the playoffs and obviously has made the playoffs now two years in a row. The difference between that, between them and the teams that really have a chance are those playmaker guys. I mean, Giannis is the MVP. He does everything. It doesn't matter what defense you throw at it. He's going to find a way to beat it um, more often than not. Isaac, you know, he's still getting there. He's still very, very young, but he was he had that potential. And, you know, if Isaac were healthy, he would have gotten, he probably would have gotten the first call on, on Giannis uh, as, at least as one of the bodies that they throw at him. No doubt. And again, the, the big thing that you also lose when you lose Isaac and Bamba too, obviously rim protectors, but 12 fouls as well. So, uh, and, and, <laughs> and, and listen, listen, I, I think that the Magic big men are going to need all those fouls. I think that's the concern for Orlando, particularly early in games with Vucevic, uh, Aaron Gordon. I mean, if these guys pick up early fouls and get in foul trouble, it's almost good night for the Magic in that particular game. And, and that's going to be the challenge. We know Giannis... As far as free throw attempts, I think he's only behind James Harden in free throw attempts per game at 9.8. Uh, 9.8 in the bubble he had, I should say. So he, he's come back in great shape. And I, I think for Bucks fans, out of all the guys that you were concerned about, whether they would have rust, how they would look coming back into the bubble, Giannis was the guy that no one was concerned about because he starts every season in fantastic shape. He plays his best basketball at the start of the year. So uh, we know he's had a little rest here for that uh, headbutt on Mo Wagner, but he will be back for game one in this game. And and how do you stop him? I don't know. Throw four bodies at him and hope that the other Bucks players miss. Honestly, I think that that's, that's, the, that's the only tactic here for Orlando. Yeah, I mean, for sure. And, and, and on that point, you know, if Aaron Gordon's in foul trouble, they're they're done. They're done. I yeah. mean, if, if Giannis can get two fouls on, on Gordon, you know, Gary Clark, not a bad defender by any means, but nowhere near capable of guarding Giannis or, or slowing him down in any respect. Um, you know, the Magic have taken huge depth hits uh, at that power forward position all year, the kind of guys that they would throw at Giannis. Um, and, you know, I, I honestly think, you know, over the years even, not just this year, but over the years, Aaron Gordon's done a decent job on Giannis or as decent as you can. Um, but... Obviously, the margin for error is just minusculely small, and Giannis completely smothers Aaron Gordon. I think there's one game maybe where Gordon had a nice game uh, two years ago when, when he had a big offensive season, but Aaron also was kind of just chucking and searching for a shot as, as a spite to, to, to his coach, it seemed like, that that evening too. Um, so I, I, I think that match, I mean, that matchup is everything. You know, the Magic have to find a way to, to contain and, and sort of wall up Giannis, kind of force him to stay in the mid-range, but... That's obviously a lot easier said than done. Um, I, I kind of like to know what what your take is on, on how the Magic have defended Giannis because you know they don't have Isaac obviously, uh, which would be another big body to throw at throw at him. They they I think they signed Al Farouk Aminu especially for this kind of a situation, so they could have another kind of rangy you know versatile defender to throw at him. But what is what I mean? What if what was your perception of how you know, a guy like Aaron Gordon defends defends Giannis and what his chances are to you know not stop him because that's not going to happen but to slow him down and kind of gum up Milwaukee's offense a little bit. Well, the biggest thing you need to do when you're trying to defend Giannis, and you already pointed to it. I mean, everything we're going to talk about here is easier said than done. But the, the Giannis at times can be turnover prone and can find himself stuck in mud a little bit when he doesn't get those first two steps to really get momentum downhill. So first of all, you have to stop him from getting in those situations. If it's transition, that's really difficult to do and, and you're going to struggle. But in the half-court setting in particular... You need to stop him from having those first two dribbles where he can really get momentum because he's going to blow by you by the time you get into position. And a lot of the times, although he has been offensive foul prone, he's going to get to the basket before you get a chance to recover. The other thing that you have to be careful of, and we saw this a little bit 
particularly in the game against Miami in the bubble. And we certainly saw a lot of this in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, which I, I think Giannis went away. And one of the underrated things about him, I think, as a player as he's developed into this MVP caliber guy is that he learns and he adjusts in the future. And we saw that with the Celtics last year and particularly Al Horford. And I'm, I'm really curious to see how he does it in, in this year's postseason if the Bucks get through this series. But what you can get him in a little bit of trouble is if he has, uh, if you have his back and he's trying to post up on you, this is not a situation that Giannis has been great in over the course of his career. If you can force him to go to the middle of the floor, that's where he's such a big guy that if he's trying to dribble through traffic and move into the center of the floor, that's where you can get turnovers and he can sometimes rush passes a little bit and get himself in a little bit of trouble. So first of all, stop him from getting those first two steps. And then if you have his back, don't let him go baseline because if he does, he's going to beat you and he's going to get a dunk and a layup. Force him into the traffic and send the help uh, quickly and make him make decisions. That's the best chance you've got. Yeah, I mean, and, and obviously, you know, Milwaukee is is, is so good. It's, it's it's a whole lot easier said than done. Um, you know, you don't you don't stop an MVP. You 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 can just hope to slow him down and, and frustrate him in a little bit. And I think the key for the Magic in this series is to make things difficult for him. Um, you know, I think that's 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 such a that's such a big part about playing these kinds of players. Um, you know, I think we all talk about Giannis a lot and, and what he does on the offensive end, but. Um, I don't think this team gets enough credit for their defense. Uh, you know, they, they are the top defense in the league and, and, and they were pretty good defense last year too. And, you know, it's, it's the grimy work, but, you know, I, I think, I think they play a really unique defensive style. We've hinted at it a little bit too, but what, what has sort of made this team such a juggernaut defensively? What, what's, what's the key to, to their def, kind of their, their defensive surge or their, or their defensive prowess? Yeah, just discipline, first of all, intelligence. So you have Brooke Lopez and, and Giannis. And Brooke, you know, he still doesn't get the credit he deserves for uh, the defense he has. Our friend that used to host uh, Locked on Bucks, Eric Name, had a, a just a terrific story uh, on The Athletic today where he was talking with Brooke Lopez about what he does. But he anchors this defense. And it's interesting looking at the numbers from the bubble because I know from the outside and people that probably don't watch the Bucks as closely as you know, certainly listeners to uh, of Locked on Bucks do, the defense has been a little bit of a concern, but I, I just looked up the numbers when Brook Lopez, Giannis, and Chris Middleton were on the floor together, and this happened in four games. They only played four games together out of the eight, but when those three were on the floor together in 60 minutes, the defensive rating was 96.9, and they had a net rating of 28.2. So, And that was again, that, those games were against Boston, Houston, Miami, and Dallas. So pretty handy opposition and teams that can certainly put the ball in the bucket. So as far as defensively, they are just they're impenetrable when it gets to scoring at the rim. They just are. Number one paint defense in the league, Brooke Lopez, Giannis, and Robin Lopez, who's also underrated defender off the bench, have the three best defensive field goal percentages within six feet in the league. They just don't give up shots and they don't foul. And and then the other thing is, as you sort of pointed to, discipline in that drop coverage, they never get sucked into the wrong position. And that's the thing that can sometimes happen when other teams try and play this style of basketball particularly with Brooke Lopez, if you're the dribbler in a, in a pick-and-roll situation and you're moving towards a basket, it's a very difficult thing for that big man to say, okay, I'm just going to keep backing up. I'm going to keep backing up because sometimes they want to get sucked into the ball handler and then it can create an easy uh, pocket pass or a dump-off pass to a guy for the layup. 
He doesn't do that. He, he says, okay, you keep coming at me, coming at me, coming at me. And if you're going to try a layup, I'm going to swat it into the stands or you're going to have to take a tough floater or a tough mid-range. It's just, it's that's what you see all night long with teams uh, trying to figure out a way through this defense. And, and the numbers tell you, we all know the numbers. Those shots are pretty low percentage and that's where the Bucks feast. Yeah, yeah. And, and obviously, again, it's, it's, it's such, it's so unique. Um, you know, you don't, you know, like I know the magic, you know, uh, Steve Clifford has said this a, a ton of times when people have asked him about the team's pick and roll coverage. He says, the numbers say drop. You know, if you mm-hmm. push up too much, the guards are too good. They're going to blow by you. Your best bet is to drop, you know, kind of make them think, you know, they're in between. They're, they're, they're not sure whether to attack the basket when you have a shot blocker out there or to pull up for a mid-range jumper, which is a lower percentage shot. If you're getting them to think and kind of doubt what they're going to do, that's that's how you beat them. It, it, it feels like it feels like to beat this kind of a defense, you need to be sure of exactly what you're going to do. And the moment you have any little bit of doubt, that's that's when this defense has you and it forces you to kind of make that decision. It's it's almost a psychological game. And you know, I know, I know you know, Nicola Vucci, you know, Brooke Lopez before he got to Milwaukee, not known as a very good defender. You right. know, I think a lot of Magic fans wish Nikola Vucevic would, would kind of develop and grow the way Brooke Lopez did. Um, Lopez, a little bit bigger than Vucevic uh, and a little bit better of a shot and certainly a better shot blocker as well. But, um, you know, he's 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 proven that, that you know, someone who's maybe perceived as a bad defender can become a good defender uh, very, very quickly. Um, the Bucks in the bubble, uh, how I mean, it felt like they were kind of biding their time a little bit. Um, you know, they, they, they knew they had the top seed wrapped up, so they didn't have much to play for in these eight games. Um, the, the record, obviously, not so great, but how would you assess how the Bucks have looked to this point uh, since since coming back? And I'm saying this fully knowing the Magic haven't looked great um, because of all the injuries that they've had. Yeah, lacking energy, um, perhaps lacking a little bit of effort at times as well. And, and for the most part, just kind of, as you pointed to, they looked like a team that was... Uh, very much aware that they didn't have a lot to get out of these games. And, and you know, it, it's so funny because I, I think if this was the end of the regular season, as in late March, early April, I don't think there would be any concerns. But because of the fact we've had four months off, there's no doubt that there is a lot of anxiety among Bucks fans. They're like, okay, what are we watching here? What are we seeing? But those numbers that I just pointed to before with Brooke, Giannis, and Chris on the floor, I mean, that tells you that when their best players have been on the floor, everything's fine. Everything's been okay. Uh, there's been a bunch of different lineups they've tried, a bunch of different guys that have started games. Uh, Giannis obviously had a suspension. He had a tooth issue there as well that he missed games. Um, so, I mean, there's a bunch of different factors. I, I think it was actually a real challenge for Milwaukee to try and figure out how to approach this because uh, how hard do you play? I mean, what are you trying to get out of this and, and what risk do you put in players, A, building their uh, work level back up and getting back into shape, and then B, not uh, pre- preventing any type of injury from from occurring and then costing you through the first round. So ultimately, Bud said it after the game when we spoke to him, uh, after the Memphis game, the last seeding game, we spoke to Bud, and he said, listen, uh, there's a lot of things I would like to have seen better, particularly defensively, but everyone is healthy coming into game one of the playoffs. And there's a lot of teams out there that can't say that. So for that, we are very thankful. That was the number one goal. Yeah. And, and, and certainly the magic wish they, they right, could say exactly. that as, as yeah. this, these seeding round games have been very, very rough. And honestly, I think, I think the magic kind of reached a point where they were like, you know, it's, it's far more important for us to be healthy uh, than to be playing as well as we can, or, or to be getting our guys in there. Um, You know, Aaron Gordon hasn't played Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier, Michael Carter Williams all haven't played in, almost a week now. Um, you know, they missed the last, I think the last four games of, of the, of the seeding round. And, you know, Clifford, Clifford said it essentially. I mean, again, we're, 
I'm under no impression here that, that, that this is going to be easy for the Magic, that their margin for error is much smaller. Um, Steve Clifford said, it didn't matter if we were playing the Bucks or the Raptors. There's, it's going to be very hard for us to win if we're not 100%. And so that, that became the priority more than getting themselves right uh, for, for the playoffs. And, and obviously the Magic struggled through, uh, through a good chunk of the seeding round after, after a really strong start. Um, who is the unsung hero of this team? Uh, who, who is the guy that, you know, maybe the, the, the person who drops in to watch a Bucks game on national TV you know, doesn't doesn't appreciate and and will need to and and will appreciate or understand how important he is to this team uh, after going through this playoff series. Well, it's interesting. I'm not sure if this will be the playoff series that it will be highlighted sure. as much as others, just because I'm not sure what the matchup will be. But it's Wesley Matthews. He's a guy that I fully expect is going to defend Evan Fournier, and we spoke. I mean, this is a guy that's played some good games against the Bucks in the past, and he's the type of guy. That if the Magic are going to win a game or two here and make things interesting, he's going to be a guy that's probably going to go off for 30 points. He's a terrific shooter, particularly catch-and-shoot situations. I think he is uh, 42% on catch-and-shoot, 45% uh, when he only has one dribble. So, I mean, that's, that's a dangerous shooter right there. And Wesley Matthews will get that matchup. And and probably, and I've said this before, I underestimated what Wesley Matthews can do defensively when the Bucks signed him for that minimum deal. He's but he slotted into the spot that Malcolm Brogdon had in the starting lineup. Offensively, he doesn't bring the same things. He'll shoot threes, and he's a piece of an above-average three-point shooter, no doubt. But defensively, this guy gets the best player every single night. So it'll be Evan Fournier in this series. Uh, the other night, he was chasing around Duncan Robinson for the Heat. He gets James Harden when the Bucks play the Rockets, and then he'll defend LeBron and, and Kawhi Leonard when we play the teams in LA. So he, he's job defensively this season he's much stronger than i thought he was he's bigger than you think he is uh he's always been a guy that i i've loved right back to his portland days but wesley matthews what he's done defensively has been incredibly underrated and i won't lie uh wesley matthews has been one of my guys i've quietly put on my free agent list for the summer yeah, so yeah. um I, I think that i mean he's a he's a guy that that fits anywhere because he is he is when you think of a three and d guy he is very much in that in that mold and and Obviously, you know he's had a he had a long road back from his injury, but it's it's good to see him contributing at a high level on on a strong team. Um, you know, I I I think that you know I, this is a one eight series. Um, you know, I don't think that there's you know never there's never a lot of mystery in in these series. Um, you know, we're, we're under no impression. I, I, again, I'm under no impression that this that the Magic are going to win this series as much as DJ Augustine and James Ennis certainly believe that this team can. And, and you know, I hope the team, believe, I hope the magic believe they can win because you, you never know what can happen. Um, you know, especially in the setting that we're in now with, with the camp, with the campus and, and, and so far removed from the regular season, it, it does feel like this is its own thing. But um, how do you see this series playing out? Do the magic get a game? What's going to, what, what, is going to make this a potentially difficult series for the Bucks, or, or, or is this going to be, you know, just kind of a pro forma one versus eight? Well, if, if I, if my life was on the line, I, I think I would say the Bucks are probably going to take this in four, but, but let me just say that again, Bucks fans are under no illusion that Terrence Ross has been a buck killer in the past. He has, this is a guy that we've seen uh, go off no matter who he's playing for, whether it's the Raptors, whether it is Orlando. So I do think if, if the Magic are to take a game or two here again, I, I know I've sort of already pointed to this, you're going to look and they would have hit 23s at over 40% because I, I don't think that there's a there's a path. I don't think there's an avenue for the Magic to win a game 
where they uh, live in the paint and they score in the paint. I just do not see that happening. So I think if they're going to win a game, it's going to be a night where they shoot the lights out uh, from the outside. And, and listen, despite the fact that we spoke about that there's no Isaac and no uh, Mo Bumba, I mean, clearly Orlando are depleted coming into this series. But defensively, they're still a solid team. And Steve Clifford obviously has done a fantastic job. So they're going to they're scrap. I, I don't think that this is going to be an embarrassing series like the one against Detroit last year at this point. And again, if they shoot the lights out, they can win a game. There's no doubt. Yeah, and I, I think I'm, I'm very much in the same boat. Um, I think that, you know, it's it's... I think that Orlando will have grown from last year's playoff experience. That's that's something that I think that that a lot of these guys have talked about um, after making the playoffs. Essentially, most of these players made the playoffs for the first time last season, uh, and they stole a game from Toronto last year. You know, right. kind of very much because they were playing at a very high clip. But once Toronto made their adjustments, once Toronto kind of locked in defensively, they really struggled to score. And, and Toronto's, I think, a much more even last year, a much more kind of aggressive defense defensive team. Um, if, if you're physical with Orlando, you know, they can get rattled a little bit because they don't have a lot of guys who can create a shot for themselves or kind of break defense and kind of force you to back off. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Nikola Vucevic plays after he took a ton of criticism for how he played in last year's playoffs. He's going to be a big key uh, just to stretch the floor uh, against Brook Lopez and to see if the Magic can get some easy pain points. But you're right. Um, the only way the Magic are going to win a game is if they're moving the ball and hitting threes. Um, if if they're able to hit a bunch of three pointers, they'll have a chance to win. And, and you know, I think that you know this team has struggled a lot against winning teams. Especially, I think the Magic finished five and twenty nine against teams with with winning records this year. Um, they actually entered the bubble uh, with the fewest wins against against teams with records above five hundred in the, in the in, in, among the teams that entered the entered the bubble. So, um, this is a group that has struggled to kind of raise their game up to the playoff level to meet the challenge of teams like the Bucs. But it is the playoffs. It is a different focus. It is a different intensity. Um, I, I'm beginning to talk myself into giving the Magic a game somewhere. Uh, certainly, I think if they had been able to play at the Amway Center, if this were a regular series, I, I think that the Magic would have gotten that game at the Amway Center that they so wanted last year but didn't get. Um, but I'm kind of settling in at like four and a half. Um, I, I think the Bucks very likely sweep the series, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Magic get hot one game um, especially if if they get hot early, if they're able to stay in the game early, um, I think that I think first quarters are going to be big. Um, if the magic if the magic come out flat, the Bucks are going to blow them out every single time. If the Magic are able to compete and fight early on, that'll give them the confidence to I think last a good chunk of the game. Um, so a lot of things have to go right for the Magic to get a game. Um, it's very possible that they will get that game just because you know who knows Milwaukee might have a bad shooting night too. Um, but the margin for error is very very small. So I, I definitely think the Bucks will win in four or a gentleman sweep. Well, listen, the Bucks have a history and, and Bucks fans were you know, not too pleased with the scheduling of this game. I'm sure Magic uh, fans are the same, particularly those that work uh, Monday to Friday during the day. It's brutal. I, I, am, I, am, I am very confused that Giannis does not have any primetime games. Um, yeah, he's, he's the league MVP. I mean, does, uh, I, 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 hate, I hate to say it to your fans. Is the NBA trying to, to say something that, that, that no small market wants them to say? I don't know. Who, who would know? It's a, it's a baffling one to me that you can have the best record in the league and play three out of four games at uh, noon uh, local time, obviously a little bit later on, on the on the East Coast. But, uh, you know, the Bucks have had their struggles during day games. So that's the only thing I'll say. Funny things can happen. There's one o'clock tips. So that is uh, true. who knows? Who knows? That is that is that is very true. Uh, you know, Magic also don't have great record in one o'clock <laughs> games as their well, as comforting. their <laughs> terrible, terrible effort against the Brooklyn Nets last week uh, proved. 
uh, proved uh, a ton. Um, it should be a fun series. I- I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, it's it's the Magic are still getting used to this playoff thing again. Uh, so uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for the series. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good challenge. It's gonna be a fun series, and and hopefully. Uh, Hopefully the magic magic uh, have the same luck for the Bucks that that they had for the Raptors last year. We disagree on that one, but nonetheless, uh, I, I hope you find. Well, no, you don't. You don't, you don't want. You don't want. You don't want the magic. The, the <laughs> Raptors beat the Magic in the first round last year. I'm 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 saying it. That's could 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 be could be a thing. True, true. Actually, yeah, that'll be the silver lining if the Bucks lose Game One. Let's roll with that. <laughs> let's 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 roll with that um thanks for thanks uh, for chatting with me kane and uh hopefully uh you know hopefully we'll be we'll have we'll have a good healthy series um i want everyone to get out get out alive um and and hopefully we'll, we'll chat again soon no doubt i think we're all ready for the playoffs to start after uh waiting a long time so we're excited ready to go